0: How is everyone this morning? Good. You're good. You're great. You're alive. You're breathing. That means God's not done with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, um, my name's Jason. My family and I, we moved here uh, just over a year ago. Um, we've been involved with ministry for... About 25 years, and uh, God called me from uh, pastoring a church and called me here to become part of Hope Church. And uh, this this wasn't something that uh, I necessarily uh, knew what God was doing, but how many of us know that God knows what he's doing? (laughs) When we don't know what we're doing, God knows what he's doing. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here this morning. I, I do get a little uh, bit excited. I do get a little bit passionate when I speak. And the reason why is because uh, we serve a living God. We serve a God who's alive. We serve a God who's done so many uh, amazing things. And I'm sure there's things that you can think of that God has done in your life. And, and if even the only thing that God did for you was save you, that would be enough to give him a hallelujah, amen? But how many of us know he's done so much more? I know he's done so much more in my life and I know that he's done probably many things in your life, but God is not done. And uh, we've, we've gone through uh, an amazing series. How many of you have been enjoying? I know uh, Ron touched on Jess's message. Uh, it was amazing uh, talking about worship, talking about worship isn't just about what's done up on a stage. Come on, worship can be more than that. Uh, then uh, last week, Pastor Lance uh, talked about a message uh, on serving and not just serving, but serving in this local house. And I just want to encourage you as someone who served uh, in, in church for a long time, serving in the house of God is one of the most rewarding things that you can do. It's one of the most rewarding things that you can do. And so I wanna encourage you, if if you haven't signed up for an area of service, man, sign up, ask God, where can I serve? How can I serve this local church? How can I serve this house? Because if we get everyone involved in this church, man, God's gonna begin to do some stuff and you're gonna begin to see God working in your life. So I don't need to preach Pastor Lance's message, but I just wanted to give a little plug for that because, man, serving is one of the greatest things that you can do at a local church. So this morning, I have the privilege and honor, as Ron said, Pastor Lance and MT are gone this week. I have the the honor to bring you the word to continue our Altered Life series, our series on living a surrendered life to Jesus and particularly with worship and how, what that is and what that looks like and how do we worship God through our life in different areas and aspects that we can do that. And this morning, uh, we get to look at our giving. Now I know, the Holy Spirit was, as I was studying and preparing for this message, I, I felt that I just wanted, before I got into this message, I just wanted to say this, that there may be some of you in here, the moment you hear the word giving, money, finances, tithing, that immediately you put a wall up. And, and that could be for very valid reasons. Uh, I understand that in the, in the church world, there, there could be some hurt maybe that you've experienced, uh, from, from a message that you've heard. Uh, you know, to be honest, there's a, there's a lot of bad theology. There's a lot of uh, messages out there about tithing and giving that maybe aren't what God would necessarily want you to hear. But before I get into this message this morning, I wanna pray that there, if there would be any hindrance, because I believe God wants to do something within your life this morning in relationship to tithing and giving if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. But I, I believe it just the Holy Spirit was maybe... Impressing upon me is maybe that some of you in here have experienced some hurt. You've experienced some pain. Maybe you've even been a part of a church that mishandled funds. And look, humans are flawless, or, or we make mistakes. We are not perfect. But I want to pray this morning before I get into this message that you would that you would allow those walls, if there's any, to come down. If there's any hurt that you allow, that hurt to just be healed this morning, even before I get into this message. So Jesus, this morning I pray, Lord, for your word. Lord, and I pray, Lord, if there's anyone, Lord, in this place that is, Lord, maybe not sure, Lord, about giving and tithing, Lord, maybe they've experienced, Lord, some hurt and pain, Lord, maybe they've seen abuse in the church when it comes to financial, how the finances are used in the church, Lord, maybe there's other things, but Lord, I pray by by your Holy Spirit, Lord, now that you will begin to remove all of that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to remove all of our thoughts and ideas and experiences that we've had, Lord, things that we've heard, encountered, maybe even been a part of. And I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that your word as it goes forth, it will begin to change us and it will begin to transform us. Lord, and I pray that we would begin to see, Lord, that the principle of tithing and giving and sowing our money into the local church, Lord, it's it's a principle that you've given us, Lord. Lord, and there's a reason, Lord, that you have instituted this in your word, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that the people that hear this message this morning, Lord, would catch the spirit. They would, they would catch your heart, Lord. Lord, not anything that I would say this morning, Lord, but they would catch your heart and catch your vision for what you have for our finances, Lord. So I pray this in the power of Jesus Christ and all God's people say, amen. amen mean, I wanna start by reading this scripture in Matthew chapter six. And a lot of the scriptures that I'm gonna use this morning are probably very familiar to you, but I want you to listen to these and hear what the word of God says now. Matthew chapter six, starting at verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Yes, you are. What of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. It's kind of like a punch in the gut. Really, Lord? <laughs> Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, For your heavenly Father knows the things that you need, all these things. And a very famous verse, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first God's kingdom. And we've been looking in this series now that God wants to be first place. Amen? God wants to be the person who sits on the throne of your hearts. He wants to be that person who is in the number one place. And a lot of our life and a lot of what we do in this world has to do with money. Let's just be honest. Let's just put it out there, right? You drove your car to church this morning. You had to put gas in that car at some point to get here, right? You didn't just pull up to the gas station and fill up with gas, did you? No, it costed you something. It costed you some money to put your gas in your car to get here. So we understand that money makes the world go round. There's, there's nothing. That's just the reality of it. For myself, as I grew up in church, I, I, I was taught that that tithing was a principle that worked, And I was taught that it's a biblical teaching it's a biblical principle that if we understand properly and we understand how tithing works, that it, it actually works. That if we actually put God first in our finances, we'll actually see that come to pass. And as a young man in my early 20s, I, when I came into the church and began to hear this, I was just like, this just seems like it's a magic trick or something. Just really, I'm supposed to give my money, I'm supposed to put it into a bucket or I'm supposed to put it into an envelope or I'm supposed to write a check Anybody still write checks anymore? <laughs> and I'm just supposed to do this. And now magically my money is supposed to start and my needs are supposed to start to be net and things are just gonna be multiplied in my life. But I began to see that as I began to put God first in my money that he began to provide for me. And I began to see him working in my life. And I was a part of a church where we had some amazing financial miracles and, and one of the one of the things that I experienced at an early age was I was a part of a church where we were in a, we were meeting in a strip mall, and there was probably like five or six hundred people, and we were just exploding at the seams, and this this strip mall was getting too small for us, and so there was an opportunity to purchase a, a very large church facility, and our pastor was a man full of faith, and he began to encourage us to say, look, if you believe that God's going to meet not just your needs, but the needs of this church, we're going to begin to see God work in the area. And we're going to begin to see we need to move. And so we're going to take a step of faith. We might not have the finances, but we're going to take a step of faith. And we ended up occupying a church building before we even had the money. That doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense in the natural. Like, why would you do that? But, But see, with God, a lot of times it doesn't make sense. We just, we say, God, I don't know. I don't understand this, Lord, but but we did it anyways. And I'll never forget being a part of this church service for the rest of my life. I'll never forget we came into this church and, and pastor began to preach, and we're in this church, and the, it's really not put together because they're just the it just we have just occupied this building. It wasn't really set up the right way, but he, and there's I think there was still carpet on the stage, and our pastor's up here, and he's just preaching a message. And the next thing you know, people's faith begin to be stirred, and people just come and they start putting, they just start giving, and they just start putting money on the platform. And pastor's preaching, people's be, hearts begin to be stirred. And I'll never forget being a part of this Sunday where our church raised $1 million. (laughs) Come to find out someone had given our church a shipping vessel. Yeah, right. What? A shipping vessel? Huh? But see, this is the God that we serve. God, why does, that doesn't make sense. I think that what I want to talk about this morning is there's going to be three areas that I want to talk about. I want to keep this really practical and really simple, but I believe that if you hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to you this morning, it's going to change your life. I believe the biggest enemy, the biggest thing we face when it comes to giving, when it comes to sowing, when it comes to, to giving an offering, I think the biggest enemy that we face, it comes down to this one thing. It comes down to trust. Do you trust God? Do you trust God enough that he will provide for you? Do you trust God that he's gonna come through on the promises that you, that you read about in his word? Do you trust that God's gonna meet your need? Do you, do you trust him enough to give back to him what he gave to you in the first place? See, we think what we have belongs to us, don't we? Come on, let's just be honest for a minute. But what we have doesn't belong to us, it belongs to God. My my children belong to the Lord. My my business belongs to the Lord. My marriage belongs to the Lord. My money belongs to the Lord. Can, Can we give back what's already been given to us, can we sow back what's already been sown into our lives? Trust defined is this in Merriam Webster's dictionary: assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. Our trust is in God. Amen. We don't trust in our money, do we? No, we trust in God. Our trust is in the character of God, who he is. God is who he says he is. Remember what he says to Peter? He says, Peter, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're this. I would propose the same question to to us this morning. Who do you say that God is? Do you believe that God is your provider? Do you believe that God is the one who's going to meet your needs according to his riches and glory? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? So we trust in him. Another one, it says, one in which confidence is placed. Is our confidence placed in a monetary thing that we deal with on a daily basis or is our confidence placed in the one who created that very thing? Do you trust God? And I think that trusting begins with knowing what his word says. Back in uh, my early 20s, I, I am tall, like Ron said. Uh, this is not mirrors. This is not, uh, my, some of you know this, but my wife and I own a business in downtown Big Fork and I work in the store. And sometimes people will walk in and, and they're like, are you standing on something? Are you, are you standing? And I walk around the counter. I'm like, no, this is it. No, no magic here, this is me. So being tall, um, I played some sports in high school. Now, I wasn't like, I wasn't like the best athlete. Actually, athletics did run in my family. My father actually played in the NFL for a couple years. And my sister actually played in the WNBA for over 10 years. For some reason, that DNA strand (laughs) passed me over. So, or I just didn't want to put in the work. I didn't know which one it was, but anyways, I'll let you decide for yourself. But, um, so in my early twenties, I, I, I just, you know, playing sports. And then in my early thirties, uh, there was this charity basketball game that I thought would be a really good idea to play in. At the, we were living uh, up in the San Juan Islands and there was a charity, a basketball game to raise money for the high school. And, and somebody asked me to play. I was like, sure, I'll play. And, uh, and so I'm in there and we're playing the game and I get in there and I make a move and I hear a, I hear a really loud pop. And literally I, literally, I make the move and I pop and I turn around because I thought, I thought someone kicked me in the back of the leg. Well, what had happened is I had ruptured my Achilles. Boom, right then and there. And then, I don't know, it's, it's just a weird sensation when you do that and then you like, you wanna move your leg like your brain's telling you to move your, but it doesn't wanna move. Because basically what happens when you, when you rupture your Achilles is the tendon that attaches from here to here, it, it snaps. So there's nothing there. So here I am on the ground, and I'm like, immediately I'm like, this ain't good. And I've never had a serious injury like this before. So what ends up happening is I end up being off work for six months, six months. Now just, and I'm just beginning to think, Lord, because I was thinking back on the story. What God did during that time blew my mind. Because in moments of trial and test, sometimes we want to pull away from God, don't we? What did Adam and Eve do when sin entered the world? They're trying to hide from the Lord. And we pull back from God. So now I'm faced with this, all right, Lord, I'm not gonna be working for, for, and I didn't know at the time, ended up not working for six months. Lord, it, am I gonna be able to keep giving? Am I gonna be able to keep tithing? And so there came a moment where I had to determine whether or not I actually truly believed what God's word said, right? Because that's when the rubber meets the road is when we actually truly have to make the decision to say, all right, Lord, I'm gonna continue to do this even though this doesn't make sense. Even though I'm stuck on my couch. Y'all, and this is before Netflix, y'all. Stuck on my couch, reading books you can only read so many books on the couch. <laughs> so here I am, but what God did, but what God did. And I have this, this box that my wife bought me. It's called the God box. It's about yay big. And there's things that God has done in our lives where we, we, put, a, we put a, we'll write something down, we'll put it in there. And we have things from years about our kids. And, and there's a piece of paper in there. I was looking at it last night. There's a piece of paper in there where we wrote down everything that, that, was, that was given to us personally during that time that I was off. And the time that I was off, we actually had more money come in than we would have had if I was working full time. And I believe that's because I was faithful to tithe, because God was blessing my finances because God knew that I was going to, he's all knowing. He knew that that was going to happen, but, but I had to decide, Lord, I'm going to, this does not make sense. There's nothing coming in, Lord, but I'm going to continue to give to you because I know, Lord, I have read in your word that you're faithful and you're true and that all your promises are yes and amen. God, I know that you own a fattle cattle on a thousand hills. God, I know that Lord, you're going to provide for me. And so I surrendered. I said, all right, Lord. I want to keep giving. And the Lord provided. You know God is actually I, I, Ron touched on this scripture but in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 it says this Now may he who supplies seed to the sower seed to the sower. See God has already given you the seed to sow. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. He He's already given you seed to sow. Our money is, is like seed. It could be sowed in a lot of different places, right? I just wrote a few things down. Church, clothes, food, toys, if you have kids, food, more food, if you have more kids. <laughs> and if you have teenagers, you're broke, you know what I'm just playing I mean, cars, boats, there's hobbies we like to do, there's vacations we like to go on, there's coffee, pray for me, uh, there's your home, there's, there's, there's missions you can give to. So there's, and there's thousands of other, thousands of other examples. But our money is something that we can sow into. We can sow into these different areas. And a lot of these are not bad in and of themselves, right? If you don't pay your mortgage, there's gonna be a problem. If you, don't, if you don't pay for food, you're gonna be hungry. Right? Yeah. So it's it's not bad. It's not bad to have a nice car. It's not bad to have a boat. Understand my heart here. The the bigger question is: is where do those rank? what's what oh here's a list of priority of where you sow your seed, of where you put your money. Where, where is God on that list? Is he in the middle? Is he, is he second place? Lord I, I, Lord, I love you, Lord, I, I wanna trust you. And look, I understand this can be a struggle. I understand that giving to the church, can, it, it can be a hard thing to do, because I know there's, there's been, like I said in the beginning of this message, there's been some abuse and misuse. But the bigger question is, is God number one? Are you taking the first fruit? And it tells us this in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So this is where the rubber meets the road. You get your paycheck. You get your money from your business. However, you get your income. And here here comes the Lord. Where are you when I see that money? Are you after I pay this and pay this and take care of this? or Lord, are you first? Do I receive the first fruits and then set aside that tithe? Tithe simply means 10%. Do I tithe on the gross? Do I tithe on the net? That's between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm not here to tell you what to do. The point is, is the principle of tithing. So Lord, do I I give you my first fruit? Are you first in my life? You know, we've been talking about living a life that is surrendered to Jesus. Are we completely 100% sold out to Jesus? So whatever he asks us to do, whatever the Bible shows us, the principles in this world, do we actually follow them? Do we actually believe them? Or is it just something that we think about? So we can have a lot of information. We can know a lot of scripture. But Again, where the rubber meets the road is where you actually act out on what you believe. You can say you're a giver and a tither, but do you actually give and tithe? I know, it's like, do you actually do it? You know, I believe that God's a healer. So when I see someone that's sick or my kids are sick or I'm sick, I pray. Why? Because I believe that God's a healer. And then I pray, and if it doesn't work, we can still use medicine, it's okay, but the first thing that I do is put God first. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. God is either gonna be first place, or he isn't. I know it sounds harsh, I know it sounds kinda mean, but it's, it's the truth, right? Is God first in your life? Is, is he number one? Are we worshiping God through our giving? Put my money in the basket. Well, I guess I'll give because the pastor tells me to. That's not, that's not what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? God loves a happy Lord, I love to give to you, Lord. This is amazing. What an amazing opportunity that I have to give to you, Lord. I can sow into this church. So the first area, trust. Do you trust God? Second area is this. Our heart. Our heart. Your heart. How's your heart today? You're like, how's my heart? I don't know, it's pumping blood. (laughs) it's working i guess i'm here I'm breathing i'm alive listen to some of these scriptures proverbs 4:23 keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life would you say that money is a big issue in life finances is a big issue in life it's 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 a big deal But the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Luke 12, 34. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, I think our heart and our finances, they're they're tied really closely together. And I think tithing is a reflection of the condition of our heart. Does God have first place in your heart? Does God have your first fruits? You know, maybe, maybe you've heard this before. I, th- I think it's kind of funny. Maybe some of you won't think it's funny. Why does a $20 bill look so small at the mall or so big at church? I mean, when you go to Costco, it doesn't look like anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you, you, I want you to hear my heart. God is not against you having money. You know that Jesus, when he lived in this world, had people supporting his ministry? He did. He, so the, the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. It's not having money. It's when you put money above God. See, God has given us this amazing opportunity to tithe. See, we need to look at tithing differently. It's not something that we just have to do or we get to do. No, it's an opportunity to sow into this church. And, and you heard, I think a couple weeks ago about Mission Sunday, some of, the, some of the areas where the money of this church goes to you know, some of you might not be able to go on a missions trip, but you know that you can, when you sow your money into this house and then this house gives to missionaries, guess what? You're a part of that. You know, I think someday we're going to get to heaven and we're, people are going to come up to us. This is not in the Bible. This is just something that I think. We're going to meet people and be like, you sowed into that ministry and I, was in, and I was somewhere where I didn't get to hear the word. But I, I read the word because of money that was given from this church and the Bible that was translated into this language, and I heard the word and something happened, and I got saved. We can give. You know, when I pastored um, on Orcas Island, uh, we, we, we were a part of a ministry. it was called One Hope Ministry. And their whole, their whole vision is to get the word of God into the child of every, into the hand of every child in this world. So $1 would share the gospel with three children. That's a pretty good return on investment, wouldn't you say? $1 for three children to hear the gospel and and potentially come to know Jesus. Come on, our money is just not meant for the temporary things, the clothes we wear, the food that we eat, the car that we drive, the house that we live in. Our money is meant to make an eternal impact. See, the Bible says we came into this world with nothing. And when we leave this world, nothing. I'm like, as I've gotten older, you know when you're young and you like to collect things? (laughs) Maybe we still like to collect things, I don't know, sorry. (laughs) I was just thinking about things I still, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have so many books. (laughs) My kids are always like, why do you have so many books? Because I like to read. And they're like, well, why don't you get rid of them when you're done with them? Because I like to see what I've read. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they look good in my library. I mean, it looks, it looks cool. But do I really need them? Yes, I do, because I use them when I study for messages. But, our, but our, the things that we accumulate, that we spend our money on, we don't get to take any of that with us. And as, and as I've gotten older, I realized... I really don't need that much anymore. I used to want a lot of things. I used to collect baseball cards, lots of baseball cards. I used to collect sports magazines because like I said, I played basketball in high school. I don't know if I said that, but I tried to play basketball in high school and I thought I was Michael Jordan. And I had the posters and I had the cards and I had all the magazines and I just was collecting things. But as I've gotten older, I've realized I don't really need these things anymore. Because the reality is I don't get to take any of it with me. So if I can take some money and and as opposed to spending it over here and actually sowing it into God's house, sowing it to a missionary, giving it to someone in need, I can have an eternal impact on someone's life. you know what? I think that's a better way. I think that's a better route. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And God has blessed many of you in this church. And I believe it's because you put him first. You put him first. But I think what happens is sometimes we, can, we get a little bit off, off track, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't been tithing. Or maybe we still struggle with the idea of tithing. Or maybe it's been months since you've tithed. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I think if I'm just, and I thought about this. I think sometimes when we get off track a little bit and things are going well, all of our needs are being met. I haven't been giving to the church, but everything's still going okay over here. Maybe it's... Maybe I actually don't need to give because it's actually working out. You know, and we can go that way for a little while. We, we can, God doesn't force us to do anything, right? Did, 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 you weren't forced to come to church this morning. Like I didn't show up at your front door. You're going to church, come on. You get in the car right now. You got five seconds, let's go. No. You weren't, fu- No one forced you to come here. You came here, why? Because you love Jesus. You want to hear from his word. You want to be changed. You want to be transformed. You want to have community. You want to have fellowship. You want to receive something from God this morning. Amen? That's why you came here. You don't came here to listen to a big, tall person preach at you and yell at you and shout at you and be like, why is he so mad? I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. No, you came here because you wanted to encounter Jesus. But sometimes when stuff's going real good and we've forgotten about God, we think it's okay to just continue living that way. And it's not. God wants to be part of our life all of the time. And he wants to be involved in every area of our life. Why do I need to give to the church? Why, 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 why? Look, I was was thinking about this. I'm not like a big investor. I have a little bit in the from a previous job in, in the stock market, and I see, I see what it does. But if you had someone that was like, hey, in the natural, you have people that you, you, you know. if you invest your money, if you do real estate, if you have money that's in a money market account, you do things, you listen to the people who go to school, who get trained, who understand how to make your money, make money, right? Like you don't wanna give your money to someone and be like, hey, here's some money, just do whatever you want with it. If you lose it, it's fine. No, that's not what we do. We want, to, we want to see something happen with that. So and I think about this in relationship to God, in relationship to the Bible. Jesus, there's a principle throughout scripture about first fruits and seed and sowing and tithing. And God has given us this principle that works. Yeah. And if we follow Jesus, we should follow all of his commandments, all of his, the, the teaching that he's laid out before us. Why wouldn't we want to follow what the Bible says? When it comes to our money, why wouldn't we want to listen to the words of God, the very word of God that's alive, the rhema word? When you read your Bible, every time you read your Bible, God speaks. It's God's word speaking to you. It's not just the logos, the written word that you see on a page. It's the rhema word. It's the word of God that's living and active and powerful than any two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit. It's the word that speaks to you. It changes you. It's alive. Why wouldn't we want to listen to the words of Jesus when it comes to our finances? Proverbs 3, five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Philippians 4, 19. And my God, and my God, who's God? Is he your God? Yes. Come on, is he your God? Yes. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Not necessarily your wants. That might be a different message, but you need. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's a story in Matthew 12, and I just wanna read this real quick. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you wanna be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And then there's this verse, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. How did he get those possessions? He purchased them. How do you purchase things with your money? But he had a lot of that. See, this reveals to me that there was a heart issue that what he had was more important than what Jesus was asking him to do. And so I would ask us the same question. Is what you have more important than what Jesus is asking you to do? It's, it, it comes down to your heart. If God doesn't have your heart completely, then it's gonna be hard to give to him. if God doesn't have our whole surrendered life, it's gonna be hard to to give to Jesus. And the third and final area is faith. So we have trust, we have heart, and we have faith. How 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 is your faith forgiving? And I already said this, but I'll ask you again. Do you believe that God is... After reading some of these scriptures, do you believe that he's gonna provide for you exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think? You're gonna seek first the kingdom of God or his righteousness and all these things are gonna be added unto you? Do you have a lot of faith or do you have a little faith? And it's okay if you only have a little bit of faith. And this is why I love the Bible because there's always a story in the Bible I feel like that you can relate to a situation. There was, there was a father in, a, in, in, in Mark chapter nine. There's a story where a father's son is sick and he goes and he finds Jesus. He's like, Jesus, my son is sick. Can you heal him? And Jesus is like, and I'm paraphrasing. Jesus is like, absolutely, I'll heal him. And, 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 the, but, and Jesus says, do you, do you believe that I can heal? And, and the father says, Lord, I, I believe. Now help my unbelief. See, I think there's a part of us that we, we believe God, right? We believe that God is who he says he is. But I think there's a part of us that struggles with believing who God is, says he is. Can, can we just be honest? I shared this story before when my son was eight years old and he was in the hospital bed on the cancer ward. I had a hard time believing that God was a healer. And you might be looking at your finances being like, yeah, Lord, I believe that you're going to provide for me. But, Lord, I look at this and it, it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I believe that you're going to meet my need. But, Lord, I, I, I'm struggling right now. And you know what? That's okay to struggle. It's okay to, to question. It's okay to fight in the battle. God, is this who you say you are? But there's going to come a moment where you have to decide to choose, even though it doesn't make sense, to put God first. To put God first. Is there, are, you, are you struggling this morning? Are you, are you fighting with God? It's like, Lord, you can have my money. It's like, no. Yes. No. Yes, I love you, Lord. Lord, I give you my heart, but not my money. No, I was just... <sighs> Here, Lord... Come on, the struggle is real. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to help you this morning. The God who's here in this service, you know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's here. The Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to impart to you something, a greater measure of of faith. I don't want to be... A Christian who just believes God's word, who just believes in tithing, I wanna be someone who actually does it. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's hard, even when you might not have enough, but you say, Lord, this, I." I'm still doing it, Lord, because I put you first and I know you're going to provide for me. I don't see it in the natural. Now faith, now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You come, you tithe, you give in faith. You might not see it yet, but you know that God is who he says he is and you know that he's going to provide your need, so you just do it in faith and you believe and you leave Hope Church and you know that God is with me and he's going to provide my need. And then you see God work. And then you see him actually do what his word says. I want to be a believer, and I hope you do too, that is fully committed to tithing. Because it's a principle in the Bible. And if it's a principle in God's word, I believe it works and it does work. And it's a conviction that we have that we should want to be givers. That we should not want to just be givers, we should be generous givers. I don't want to be a stingy, Christian, stingy giver. No one likes to be around a grumpy Christian. Elbow your neighbor and say, That's you. No, I'm just kidding. No one likes to be in that. I don't want to be a stingy giver. And I'll give when everything else is paid. Now I'll give when it makes sense. And I'll give when I feel like it. And I'll give when I stop feeling pressured by the pastor. I don't want to live with a closed hand. I can't receive anything with a closed hand. You can't receive anything with a closed hand, can you? Come on, I want to to live with an open hand. So what comes through my hand, the money, the resources, the finances that come through my hand, they don't belong to me. Why? Because my hand is open. God, this, this it belongs to you here, Lord. I bring this to you. This is a sacrifice. I offer this to you, Lord. This belongs to you. Come on, do you wanna live with an open hand, church? Do you wanna live with an open hand? Do you trust God? Do you trust him? How's your heart? How's your heart posture? When you think about your money, when you think about your finances, when you think about tithing, when you think about giving, when you think about offerings, how's your heart? And do you have faith? Do you have faith in his word? Not what I tell you this morning. Not what I've, not what I've spoken to you this morning. You can take what I've said and flush it down the toilet. You do what God's Word says. And here's another thing, if you're, if, and I just thought about this, if, you, if you're struggling with tithing and giving, and you're not reading your Bible, that might be the problem right there. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? My pastor used to say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing God's word. It's not enough to just read God's word once. We need to be in his word. So if you're struggling in your faith to give, I wanna encourage you, get in his word. See what the Bible says about giving and tithing. We just bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I know there's, just again, I feel like there's, you could be on a, every spectrum from, I'm a faithful tither, Uh, this was an amazing message, it encouraged me, I continue to know, I continue to believe, all the way to, what you just said was a bunch of nothing, I don't believe this, I have a hard time, I've never tithed. You could be in the middle, where you're like, yeah, I taught sometimes, but then I go months on end and I just don't know and I struggle, look, I understand. There could be all different types of people here this morning. But I pray my heart has been put out before you for you to see that God, it's something that God desires of you because he wants to bless you. It's a principle that if you put God first, Everything is going to be okay. There's two groups of people I want to pray for this morning. First group is this. Maybe you've, you know, talking about giving and talking about giving of our money. Well, the most important gift that was ever given to humanity was Jesus Christ. God gave his only begotten son, for God so loved the world. He so loved you and I that he gave his only son, his perfect son to die a brutal death on a cross so we could be forgiven. So we could not only have eternal life, but that we could have a life now in this world, not just for eternity, but for now. So maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, It's a free gift that he offers to you. A gift of repentance. A gift to say welcome to the family. Maybe some of you have been astray like a prodigal. You were in church before, but you've been away, but you came to Hope Church this morning and God drew you here by his Holy Spirit because he knew that you needed to hear his word today. so I want to ask if there's anyone in here this morning, if you don't know Jesus, or you've been away like a prodigal and you're coming back this morning, if you could lift your hands, I want to pray for you. If there's anyone in here, you say, I'm coming home or you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone this morning? Now second, second group of people I'd like to pray for. And I wanna, I wanna preface it by saying this, Romans eight one says, for there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If there was anything in this message that you heard and you recognized, you know what? I don't trust God enough with my money My heart is not in the right place with my money. And I don't even have enough faith to give or tithe. And you're on that spectrum somewhere. But if you would be so bold, and I'm gonna ask you to do something very bold. And again, no condemnation if you do stand up this morning, but if you say, you know what? This is something that I, this is an area that I struggle in. This is an area I have a hard time doing, but you know what? You're gonna stand today saying, you know what, Lord, today I stand and I'm gonna begin to become a tither. I'm gonna begin to follow the principle, Lord, that you've laid out in your word. I'm gonna begin to trust you more. I'm gonna begin to have a right heart attitude towards my money, Lord. I'm gonna begin to have faith in your word. So this is bold. But if that's you this morning, could you stand up so I could pray for you? Anyone in here? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. No condemnation. This is not about you don't do it. This is about you and God saying, Lord, you have my heart. And if you, if you, if you stand up or wanna stand, could you remain standing? Because I don't wanna be able to see you so I can pray for you. Amen. Now, the worship team is going to sing a song in a minute. And as they sing this song, I want you, for those of you that are standing, I want you to lift up your hands and allow the Lord to begin to have your heart back. Allow him to have your heart back. And as they sing this song of you, just receive it. And for the rest of the church, if there's anyone around you that's standing, just just stretch your hand towards them. Let's pray for them in Jesus' name. Go ahead.